Good day and thanks so much for joining us today. I am joined by the great, there's a long list of superlatives, uh, so I've kind of abbreviated it. NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year, All-Pro, Super Bowl champion. I'm talking about none other than Simeon Rice. What's up, man? Hey, it's good to be here. How's it feel to hear that list, that that resume, those bullet points off the resume? It's cool. It's um, it's a journey well traveled. You know, especially playing in the NFL, playing at the highest level. So, it was when the thread was left long and hard. A lot of hard work. A lot of people supporting me. And I feel like all those superlatives represent all those people that was in my life. From my mom, my pops, church, family, community, I always rep that to the fullest. Southside Chicago. Southside, huh? Southside, yeah. That's what I'm talking about, man. And you know what? You you bring up that long journey. And so the culmination of that is, is a few of those bullet points I brought up. But when you're in the midst of it, what do you what do you think of it? Are you just going through it, saying, I, "If I can get one season, I can get two under my belt." Mine's is mine's is more. Everything was more. You know, I want to be the best I possibly could be, and I want to be the best. You just in the game that you passion that you love, and you want to see how far you can exploit your God-given talents and your abilities. And I want to win Super Bowls every year. I, I had the desire to be you know, the best of class that I could possibly be, you know, and starting out with Arizona Cardinal, I want to help them anchor them to the Super Bowl, which we weren't able to do, but that was always the goal. That's always the goal, and you're around a lot of people who are, at some point in time in their career, they may have been the best best person on their team. Right. So you're surrounded by alpha right. males. What's that yeah. like? It's, it's cool because um, the cream always rises to the top, and Iron shop and iron, and as we all around each other, we all uh, picking little bits and pieces from each other of what we can uh, take from that and what helps shape them to be who they are, what shapes me to be who I am, and that as a culmination, as a pie and a soup, and take that to the next level. And we were able to do that down here in Tampa and win a Super Bowl, so it was an amazing process. It was an amazing experience. And it was has been an amazing life. Cathartic, right? I mean, once you finally yeah. hoist that trophy? It is. It is. It's, it's a payoff of many things, of all the things that you, you've you been through, and your, all the trials and errors. It's how we see the game growing up because it was the ultimate game in our sport. To, so, to play in and to dominate in it is, is something that, like I said, it's one of those storybook uh, endings to a story that began many, many moons ago. What did you learn about yourself? A lot of things. Uh, you know, you, lo- you learn, you learn you, uh, to, you learn a few different things. You learn to be humble. You learn that you need your ego at certain points. You learn to, have, you're going to have to learn to control your ego. And you learn that it's a, uh, it's really a process of, of self-perseverance, self-actualization. You start out with, I want to prove people wrong. I want to prove the naysayers wrong. And then you, yeah. you get to a mastery point of yourself. And it was like, it was never about proving anybody wrong. It was about proving yourself right. You know, and the journey, that's what this journey of life in. It was a, it's an inward look at the specter of your life. And in it, 
all the things that come from it, all the things that sprout from it, and all the things that become manifested in its physical form, all the things that you have imagined yourself to be. And you have, you're around correspondence and people that helps bring that out in you, whatever comes out, whether it's the good, the bad, it's all you and you like this self-fulfilling prophecy and this self-fulfilling process as this, as the story unfolds itself, you have to be intently in that moment. And as you intently in that moment, you're able to self-actualize yourself and self-see yourself as a mirror image of who you truly are. You're always aspiring to who you're truly trying to become. You say you want to live in the moment, right? At some point, though, you must visualize what your future could be. So it's kind of like you're doing the hokey pokey, is it not? You've got one foot in the present, one foot in the future? I, I, there is no future. Right. It's just an absolute now. I always say that at the end of this thing, my life, I'll sit on the bed and I'll look at my loved ones and I'm like, wasn't that one bizarre day? Because <laughs> time is a construct. Time, and as we go, as we age and as we have an understanding of that, we, you know, I, be, I had to bury my mother and my father. And they, they were my fo first host to this earth, this dimension where we are. And I look and I'm like, and I gave them everything I ever had. Everything I ever did was for my mom and my pops. When I stood on stage and I was at the, um, at the draft and they brought me that number one jersey overall pick, Arizona Cardinals from Chicago, and they sent me out right. I was so proud to give that to my pops. When I got the Super Bowl ring, I was like, I can't wait to get my Super Bowl ring and give it to my pops. This gold chain I got in yeah. right now was right. my pops' gold chain. I, my mom hated it because he used to leave his shirt open. She like, look at him always leaving his shirt open. <laughs> that was my pops, you know what I mean? So Not I did everything. Yeah, yeah, right? And my pops was so proud. If he said, uh, Mr. Rice, I say, send me on outside flying, he would believe it. I say that to say... That, in a sense, that whole journey of my mom's and pop's life that I was able to be a process of and that they brought me into this, this earth and helped me understand is that all of this stuff is temporal. All of it is. It's the experience we have. The, the thing that we think life is is the, the transition from day to light. We think that's what it is, but it's just one continual process. I look at life like a, like a closet. Mm -hmm. Like the closet is there in the house. When you take your stuff out, somebody else is going to put their stuff in. This is just one absolute moment in time. And I'm present in this moment in time. And that's why I try to get the fullness out of it. Because I'm like, time is always ticking. Whether you pay attention and we have enough distractions with our jobs, with doing this interview, traveling, that we think there's this time past, this moment's passing. But I'm like, it's just this one long moment that we're in right now. And I'm... I stay present in it. Like when I was in playing football and I was enjoying that process, I felt like that was going to last forever. I did. You'd, you'd ask me at any point. I love football so much that it's like you could ask me at any point in time, like, like well, when are you going to retire? I'm like, I don't know. I feel like I played. I'm 50. That's a foreign I'm word to you. Right? Yeah, yeah. It was like I could do this until, you know, even though it wasn't true because I was like, because you're absolute in the moment. In the moment, I love doing this. Not until I, I felt vulnerability to understand that, man, this is coming to an end. You know what I mean? My body, my shoulder ain't holding up, this and that. So that's what helped me come to that realiz realization. It's like perception, realizations, things that become awakened to you that you start acknowledging as a part of the accord of the great 
process of life. Mm. So, yeah, uh, I don't know where you, we began this, but this is where I'm at with it. Oh, I'm riding with you on this. Yeah, it makes me know. wonder um, yeah. when you when you mention time and you mention everything that one may garner. Mm. So is all that illusory? It's a bit of an illusion, right? I think I I I personally think there's just a process, and it, it's the illusion is what whatever we necessarily believe or don't believe because it's marred in like this. What's facts? You know, the fact is I can feel this. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's but there's an illusion that we have to bring to light sometimes, and that's the illusion of ourselves. Mm-hmm. We have to bring that to life if we want to be like I don't know, like as a kid, the, uh, well, I see something, but how do I become it? They have the illusion of grandeur of what I want to become. So you have to live with it. That that thing is necessary to fantasize about becoming a football player. I remember writing in seventh grade, and my teacher goes, "What do you want to become?" And I wrote this. I want to be like Walter Payton. I'm all these records and all Why this stuff. Why did I know it was Walter Payton? Because, you know, Chi-Town's fine. Come on, sweetness. I knew it was, so I knew it was right. Walter yeah, right. Payton. Right, <laughs> exactly. So I write this. And, and by the way, when, my, when I got to the league, my mom found that same essay that I wrote. And she was like, wow. And it was crazy. Mom kept it, huh? Mom's kept it. And the crazy part is it was so much stuff on there that actually manifested. And my mom was like, wow, you said you were going to have a chance to go to the NFL your junior year of college, but you were going for a go it. But I only wrote that for my mom. I didn't actually think I was going to actually do that. Had you forgot because about I did, it? Yeah, I forgot about that. And it was all these manifestations that I was writing early in life that actually came to be. And I became this NFL player and all of that stuff. But that was the illusion of what I saw myself as. It wasn't real. Who knew? You know what I mean? But that's just what I had to reach to. So I was writing these far-reaching concepts that I saw in myself through other people. Right. You know, and lo and behold, I ended up on the other side of what great was through all this hard work. And uh, it wasn't easy. You know, the path wasn't the path wasn't clear. I had no idea. You know, uh, all I know, I was playing for Palmer Park. Uh, uh, Palmer Park Eagles by my neighborhood. <laughs> you know, I didn't know that was in third grade. I didn't know how to get to the high school and college and all that mumble jumbo. But you know, again, the the illusion of it was the illusion that I chased in myself to make this thing becoming a reality. You've taken me inside your your loved ones' huddle. Take me inside the football huddle training camp. Right. We hear about the grind. We hear about how grueling that is. Mm-hmm. The two a days, mm-hmm. guys. Back the then, of, oh, back then, right? right, right, right <laughs> back right. then, way yeah, back, back then. then, right, right. Take me inside that 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 huddle, inside that locker room, because you're spending a lot of time with uh, folks who essentially become family, right? And um, well, we may not get along with all family members, right? But we 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 learn to make it work because you're a team, there. right? Um, and you've got people at home depending on you. So what's that like? Which, what, what locker room? Is it NFL? NFL Pro? locker All of them are different. In the NFL locker room when we get there. So first thing you do when you first get there, you're talking about first. First thing you do, now, now you have the, the revelry or the memory of college. So you want to relate. You think it's going to relate to that because we, we, life is a baton. One passes to the next. So that... That far-reaching memory now is like you get into the NFL locker room. 
And you're thinking, okay, I just got drafted. I'm in this locker room with these men. I'm coming in. I'll be going in about three or four days. All right, this is going to be exciting. So now the thing about it is you think about all the big names that you've, you've seen, all the, the Deion Sanders, uh, the, uh, all, all the guys that you can imagine. That Everyone you, who lives everybody in that, Yeah, everybody that's <laughs> something. All, yeah. the, all the all pros and things like that. And, and when I was coming, it was, you know, you got Dan Marino that was on his last. Like, yeah, all these great quarterbacks. Right. Uh, uh, Brett Favre. So you come into a league and you're like, okay, I'm about to play against all the guys that I don't. Jerry Rice, like I'm about to play against my heroes now. And so you go into that locker room for the very first time. And I got drafted by the Cardinals. Yeah. And unfortunately, I didn't really know many players on the Cardinals. <laughs> you know, I knew who Eric Swan was. And um, he yeah, was yeah. Uh, all Jake pro. Plummer? Is that, is that who yeah, he but is? he was younger than me. He oh. was uh, two years younger. He was at Arizona State still. He's not even a thought, but he was on that squad. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm two years older than Jake. So... I'm coming to the Cardinals and I'm thinking like, okay, this is going to, this is, I'm like, what this to expect? Right? Not really. Cause I'm, I'm like, I'm coming to a, I'm coming into, I felt, I felt like I could play at this level, but I'm walking into this locker room. We talking about locker room now. Now I'm like, okay, who's going to tell me about the deals? I don't know anything about Arizona. Right. I want to know about where I, where do you live? Who, you know, like who's going to help me migrate to become you know in this arena now in this nfl it's like you've just parachuted yeah in. what do i shop i'm thinking about like who's gonna sum me up and tell me like the do's and don'ts of the nfl that's what you're really thinking as a youngster like i gotta get game from these guys and then you get into the locker room and you experience it and nobody tells you that Nobody is holding your hand. Nobody is. Like in college, that's what it was. Oh, you go to the Orange and they got deals. This chick over here, she don't let you, she don't, she don't care if the uh, athletes pay or not. You know, there's different things in college. And it's, it's a brotherhood because we coming out of high school. You don't have a GPS is what right. you're saying. Yeah, so now to. I'm like, oh, man, how do you migrate this? Because now you're like, how do I become a pro? Right. You don't know how to become a pro. You just got millions of dollars. So what? Now what? You know what I mean? Now what? You got millions. I got, we got money. Let's do this. But now what? Now what? Like, yeah. but now guys got families. They get in the car. They go home. It wasn't a tight team. The Cardinals wasn't a tight team. It wasn't that experience that I thought I was going to get that I had in college wasn't there. It was corporate now. You know, guys is, they, we eat at lunch. We, we, we talk, you know, what's going on, but there's no real, tight relationships so it's anymore. surface level no it's real. very surface level yeah. you know and you got guys that's coming in and out so i was you get home from practice from the first day and you're like man you know it's it's different like everybody is on their own nobody's really giving you game like this is going to be a this is going to be a tough process and you're trying to process at the same time because you're competing with uh you're competing in you know, for a starting job, you got to show up and show out. Yeah, you know so how much this guy it. makes, and he knows yeah. how much you make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and you don't even care about that because as a first-round pick, that's different. We have there's so many different discussions from first-round picks to free agents. There's tears. Everybody, to this. yeah, everybody has different perceptions. Some guys is just trying to make the team. I know I'm going to be on the team, so now I'm like, okay, who? What's the brotherhood? I mean, like, because I'm already in the brotherhood, but you still have to become accepted within this brotherhood and what's this brotherhood like 
Is it this ain't the same brotherhood of college or high school? This is a different brotherhood. You might not want this yeah, brotherhood. This you want it because you want to know who the main players, who your main guy is gonna be that we're gonna play over the next stretch of four to five years. Because there's a main core guys that's gonna be there. Right. Danias Williams, myself, Eric Swan. Like, how are we gonna gel as a real team? And you got the sprinkles that come in that go you know, that's come and go. all that come and go. So you're really trying to get your bearing on that, you know. So my team in that locker room wasn't a tight knit locker room. They didn't win it. They I think they won three or four games you the think previous that was reflected year. In, so that in was the reflective record? of that. Yeah. So so it wasn't a lock tight team, you know. So I didn't get that. You know, some locker rooms you're gonna kind of get more of that, especially being a younger team. I came to an older team, and obviously if they get a the third pick, then they weren't very good. So that experience coming into a locker room can be very uh, exciting, but yet very daunting very at the same daunting, time. Yeah. I find it interesting you say that because it wasn't tight-knit, you think that that uh, had something to do with what the record looked like. Because um, that, that can be the case in most jobs, in most mm-hmm. careers. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've seen that before. And so, conversely, and, and I know, it Sometimes we want to keep personal relationships close to the vest. I completely understand that. But because of that experience, are you now mentoring other folks who are in the NFL right now? You, I always did. After my, not, not now, no. But no, no. I have no real connection to the NFL now mm-hmm. because I started doing movies and film and directing and travel. I went, I went totally left because that wasn't my thing anymore. Mm-hmm. But while I was in the NFL, that's why I did. When, so when guys would come to our team, I tried to give them a sense of family, a sense of like, back when I played, when you came in the locker room, it was about hazing athletes. You're going to buy the chicken. You're going to, you know, the rookie buy the chicken, pick up my pads and stuff like that, which I never did any of that. But they expected <laughs> rookies to do all of that. And then, but I never really connected to that. I'm like, the first thing these guys do, these guys coming from, six, eight hundred, a thousand miles away to these teams, these cities that they never lived in, they want to feel a certain level of brotherhood. So I never haze rookies. They're like, oh, you're going to do it when you, you know, in your second year. I'm like, I'm never going to do that. And I never had to, I never felt like doing that. I'm like, when guys come here, I want to tell them where to go to, where's a hot spot, where you can go uh, get discounts at, a good car dealership, who's your financial person. Like I was trying to help guys segue themselves to become pros, so they had. So I was always connected to younger athletes when they came in. The younger athletes that come in, I, they would gravitate towards me because they would feel a certain level of a bond with me, a certain level of connection to me, because I was always more inviting in that sense. It's great that you did that because some people would go the other way and say, well, I had to deal with it, so you got to deal that, with it. It was a lot of that. Yeah. That was like that in, even in college, yeah. you know, because it was always it. But I never, we did that even in college as well. But I, I stopped that. I stopped our school from uh, doing all that haze and stuff. I'm like, bro, I mean, because I didn't, I, I'm like, bro, we all here, we're we not online. We're here to play football. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's a distraction to me. Online. That doesn't yeah. build us yeah. up. The, build, the bond we're going to build is at camp. This is a different kind of fraternity. Yeah, this, line, yeah, right? yeah. Like, and I get it. They need to do that, bro. We plan. We're practicing together. Yeah. We don't need to do. We don't need to do all this nonsense. We are practicing every day together. Yeah. Back then, we go to three weeks of camp together. 
we are standing in a little hotel before the school even start, before the students even come in. Just we all locked in together. We don't have to do all of that. We, we already building our bonds. We all locked in together we in 2002. Yeah, we was definitely locked in. What was that like? That was, what was that was, contrast. That, like? that whole locker room was amazing. That was a locker room that was amazing. That whole that whole experience was amazing. And I, when I came here, I was, I was thinking, man, I wish I had drafted here. But they were too long on they were too low on the draft bar. But looking back, I was like, I would have been a 15 pick to be drafted here. It was an amazing experience. It was amazing, but I, I am glad I never had to wear those popsicle stick uniforms. That, that's the thing that, that turned you off. Yeah, I'm just saying. You don't want to have a retro it. moment. No, yeah. I, no, I wasn't feeling those uniforms. You know, we'll get you a throwback. Come on, man! Jersey. You see your boy fly. I don't. Those uniforms. You fly too. You wouldn't want to put well, on I'm orange to keep, jerseys. I'm taking notes over you here. You wouldn't want to wear those orange jerseys. I'm gonna put a word in. We're gonna get you. a You popsicle got the pocket jersey. square. Stop playing. You wouldn't wear those. <laughs> <laughs> it looks good when you're winning. Hey, when you're winning, anything looks good, it, right? But you feel you you look good, you play good. You wasn't gonna look good in those uniforms. You wasn't feeling them. And then the socks, you gotta rock those unis with the orange man. Come on, stop. The NFL playing. rules say you must pull them all the way up. Right? Yeah, yeah. You ain't you ain't feeling those orange socks. Orange socks. Come on, man. <laughs> look at that face. You ain't feeling Gasket that. Shark. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so so t- take me through uh, the connection, the bond that 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 you guys developed bro, in 2002. Bro, I came here, and now we all alphas. I was before I came here. I was watching. I was watching them playing an uh, NFC Championship game against Washington, and then they go on and they they lose. I think they lose against uh, the Rams mm-hmm. in a really tight game. And I was, it was 2001 they lost? I forget what year. I think it was 2000. Oh, so it was the greatest show on turf type. Yeah, yeah. Damn, it was that, okay. yeah. So yeah. They, they lost. I don't know if it was 99. It was right before I got here. Those that don't remember. And I'm watching this game, the playoffs. They lose by one point. And I was watching the game with one of my best friends. He said, Sam, if they had two, they would have won. I'm like, they, they would have won. I'm like, if you was playing with Tampa, they won the Super Bowl. I'm like, played it was. Seed, didn't it? Yeah, it did. That was. And I was like, I could play with this dude. I'm looking at 99. I'm like, I could come up here and play with him. Yeah. Because how they were blocking him, and I'm like, I'm unblockable. He's unblockable. We can do some things here. We could. Have. So free agency happens. Talk to Rich McKay. I said, the negotiations wasn't going well. And I told Rich, I said, Rich, let me tell you, if you can get me here. I'll take less money. I took less money to come here. Yeah. I said, I'll take less money. I don't even care about the contract. Rich will tell you this. It's, this, is all, this is all recorded history. I was like, I'll come there. And I had a big deal in New York. I had money. On the, you, know, I had, you know, I'm the first, I'm the fastest to 50 in five years in the history of football at this time. Talking about sacks. And sacks. Yeah. So I'm like, I, I control my narrative. So I'm like, if you can get me there, we're going to, I said, within the first year, the second year, we're gonna win the Super Bowl. And he's like, "Well, Simeon, if if you sign, if we do a deal like that, then you're gonna come back and you're gonna ask for more money." I'm like, "Yeah, I am. I'm gonna get what <laughs> right. I rightfully deserve." I mean, why not? I'm like, "Yeah, I'm telling you, I am." So that's not a question. You already but know I'm, you're gonna outperform the contract. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "I'm gonna outperform this, bro." Yeah. I like, I'm, I'm like, I'm taking the risk on my career. This is a, I got way a lot more money in in New York. I'm gonna take a risk. And I don't, I'm going to forego that, and I'm betting on myself. And I, can, I guarantee you, 
within a year or two, we're gonna we're gonna be in the Super Bowl and we're gonna win the game. And then as the confetti was falling, he's like, "You kept your promise." I'm like, "I told you." You know what I mean? And I was like, if you do this, you're going to have one of the best defenses this this game has ever seen. Yeah, I was about to ask you about that. That, yeah. that was a bit of a stingy defense. <laughs> Warren Sapp, you, Derek Brooks, mm-hmm. everybody on this. I, can't, I right. mean, too many too many people here to, to, to just list. Of course, you guys right. go 11 on the field. But right. you know what I'm saying in terms right. of talent. You guys were an extremely stingy defense. Yeah, that's what I saw. So even in the process, when I came up and I met with Tony and, and – and, Dungy, we sitting at a table similar to this, a restaurant downtown. It was a spinning restaurant. I forget what it was, too. But anyway, we were eating, and, it, and uh, Monty Kiffin breaks out the salt shakers, and he's like, this is where you're going to be on defense. This is what we see. And the whole time, I'm already like, I'm coming here. You know, I just met with the Bears, and I wanted to go to Chicago. Uh-huh. I was thinking about that, but I was like, this defense is too impactful, and I feel like they one player away. And I feel like I'm, I'm one key player away from uh, for us guy. being magnanimous. Because I know I'm already doing in this league. And I'm like, this is the plan. And again, that was the illusion. We back on illusion. It was the illusion because it never happened. It's just how we fantasize ourselves to be. But I see it and I know the, the work ethic I'm coming with. He said, Simeon, this guy, he was talking about uh, 9-9. He said, this guy, he's our best player. He said he beats everybody off the line. He's our, he's our most talented yeah, uh, defensive player. Yeah, he was kind of like a cheat code, wasn't he? Yeah, and he's like, and when, when he plays well, we win. When we, we play, if he plays bad, we lose. And I'm like, a defensive tackle, huh? That was always me. So I'm listening to him, and he's telling me this. And I said, he's like, so he's going to beat you off the ball sometime. I'm like, you out your damn mind. <laughs> Ain't nobody. Wait, you said that, or me. was that your thought? I said that. You said that to I him. laughed. I was like, <laughs> I'm like, I hear you. But there's nobody going to be better than me, bro. And he's like, no, he's – and he's talking about how all the guys are hard workers. And yeah. I'm like, okay. I was like, there's nobody that work harder than me. I, I'm like, I've never seen a player work harder than me. The closest person I've ever seen work hard like me was Aeneas Williams, our corner. <clears throat> and, we, and he's a Hall of Famer now. Right. So he's going through this dissertation. I'm sitting here like, okay. I'm listening to it. I'm like, all right. And he's like, Simeon, so sometimes we, I want you to watch Warren get off, and then, you know, he predicates everything. I'm like, okay. And he's like, how hard they work. I'm like, all right. We run a lot. I'm like, okay. I'm like, I run. I'm like, so you, you haven't said anything that all this stuff corresponds with who I am. So I'm loving what I'm hearing. I come here. We in practice. We show up. Now I was pleasantly surprised hot it was better than advertised we got to practice i never seen a defense a bunch of group of guys work as hard as brooks never seen a group of guys work this hard never seen guys a unit run to the ball the way they did and it felt like i was it felt like home Mm. i'm like man these dudes is all like me they all get down the same way from from brooks to sat to lynch and they were the three, they were the three pillars, at this time. So I'm like, okay, I came here, here. I just want, I want to fit in. I want to, I want to fit in. I want to do my part. And then somewhere in the line, I was like, nah, I want to stand out. I'm an alpha. This is what I do. So, I had to take it to the next level. And in camp, 
Because I had a 9-9. He was talking so much that it irritated me. You know what I mean? And I said, listen, bro, I, didn't, I came down here to play with you. Uh-huh. Now I'm here to take over. <laughs> He'll tell you this. I told him. What was this tug of war like? It was, it was, at first, it was tough because it was, it was a changing of the guards. It was a changing of the guards. It was, he, I shook it up. Like, whether he played it good or not, we were winning. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, I'm going to come out and I'm going to show out every week. Every week. And I'm going to be an unstoppable force in nature. You know what I mean? And he as well. He didn't lose his, his fervor. So now we, he challenged at me. It was his, we, it was his tug of war. The game within me, the game. I'm telling you stuff that nobody knows. It was a tug of war at first. Because, you know, at first, we, Marinelli on the board, he always got sap showing the, the sap when I first got <laughs> And then when I, he got my film, and, and Rod, is just a, Rod is just a fool for talent. So he don't care who you are. He's like, this is Rodgers, man. This is not a family. This is a brotherhood. We will be led by the strongest. Right, Warren? Right, Sap? Right, Sap? Right, Simeon? You're like, yep. You're like, this in a family, the baby sets the tone. Pick up the baby. Don't forget the baby. Did anybody change the baby? This is not that. He's like, I got, I got family up to here. I want a brotherhood. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we will be responsible for ourselves. And I rock with that. I'm like, oh, I like that type of talk. I can hear the competitive yeah. juices. I like that right type now. of talk. Okay. So I'm like, yo, we're about to do something special. Bro. Right. We're about to do something special because you got a guy in 99 that was still a freak that was us. Just, I want to get down. He loved football. This dude loved football. I don't care. More than you? No, it's not. We all do. I'm just telling him, he loved football. Uh-huh. You got Brooks, love football. These guys love football. Like, they love to practice. I came from an uh, environment that guys didn't love to practice. I'm like, these dudes love to practice. These dudes go hard. I don't care how he, I don't care what he did last night. It ain't going to show up in practice. Well, you might smell Hennessy on him, but that's neither <laughs> I was about there. to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> you might little smell a little something, but he's going to be present in the moment. This dude was a football player. Uh-huh. You, you got guys that came out to show out, and it was so interesting, and and you bring that component to me. I'm like, we thrived together. We were, we were all, it was a room. You couldn't come in that locker room if you was an alpha. And it was alpha males, period. It was loud. It was in your face. It was high demand. You got guys now that demanded a lot out of the guy, the men that they played with. You know, Sap demanded a, a lot out of the guys that he played with. Brooks demanded a high level out of the guys that he played with accountability. I demand a lot out of the guys. But you didn't I played demand with. anything you weren't going to give. No, they were all going to give it. So it was, and they will sh- they will show up and show out. Mm-hmm. So you got guys like that. You got guys that keep the team accountable. You know, from the offensive side or the defensive side, and the defensive side controlled the narrative here. So it was a great fit for me. So when I got here, I'm like, this is this is me. This is this. I can I can rock with these dudes. And we, these guys, we're going to get it done. And we were able to. And it says a lot about the men and the leadership that was in that locker room that was set, the tone was set by Tony Dungy. That confidence, mm-hmm. was it always there? Yeah, it was. It was. It was, it, it was there. It, confidence is, confidence builds. You know, we have successes. Yeah. You know, uh, and, you know, I, I tell guys all the time, you should be who you are 
and you should think the way you are, not because you had success at it, because success is going to come and go. You're going to be good at it sometimes, you're going to be bad at it sometimes. It's because what you aspire to, mm -hmm. if you work at it, and you, when you, the confidence, get, you, the bridge, the foundation of confidence becomes a bridge of confidence to a whole nother level because of the groundwork you set. You're supposed to be confident at something that you work at. You're supposed to be confident at your job if you're well prepared. Like, you are well prepared, so you should be confident at it. And then now you can improv. Now you can have really have fun with it. Now you can exploit your imagination and all the things that you set forth for yourself because the foundation is set. You know you come with it. You know you're an unstoppable force. Now you're hitting spin moves, shakes, hezzies, inside step backs. Now you got all of that stuff working and you're having fun with it. Now you're shooting the ball like Steph Curry turning around before it go in because you had your 10,000 hours of mastery work. Yeah, that's You've been a putting your time in. I'm a Thunder fan. You can go KD, has he pull up. You go, has he pull up, KD, you know what I mean? All right, we'll call it quits right about here because next week we're going to have uh, some heavy topics that we tackle. Simeon really goes in on uh, social justice, players coming out in the NFL, all of that and more. So thank you so much for listening in. And until next time, have a good one.